Hi, everyone. Welcome to Waste 360's Nothing Wasted podcast. On every episode, we invite the most interesting people in waste, recycling, and organics to sit down with us and chat candidly about their thoughts, their work, this unique industry, and so much more. So thanks for listening and enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. This is Liz Bothwell from Waste 360 with Mike Swalbeck, president of Sierra Container. Welcome, Mike, and thank you for being here. Oh, thanks, Liz. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. Great. Now, I know you have 30 years of diverse environmental experience, so could you please take us back and and tell us how it all started and and how you got here? Yes, I will. I'll go back... uh, to, I guess, my childhood, although I am, I am one that never thought uh, I would be in this industry growing up, um, even coming out of college, but there was a few key moments that uh, turned me to this wonderful industry. Um, I grew up in Cupertino, California, um, which is part of the San Francisco Bay Area. It's, it's Silicon Valley. Um, an interesting thing about Cupertino is a lot of people know that's, that's where Apple is based, so I watched that area as I walked to school each day, grammar school. I watched that area transform from fruit orchards to Silicon Valley. Um, I went on to uh, to Cal, University of California, Berkeley, and uh, graduated there with a mechanical engineering degree. And I look back at that, uh, and I think that uh, I was very happy I studied that. There was a point in time when I knew I wasn't going to be a lifelong engineer, but it gave me a great foundation um, from just an analytical standpoint. I always say that it really exercised my mind uh, during those years. So I came out of Cal uh, with that degree, and I, uh, I joined a company, Rarick Pacific, who's in the industry. You may be familiar with them. Yes. Uh, they, I started there as a plant engineer uh, in the manufacturing um, area in, in Los Angeles. Um, so uh, Rarick Pacific, uh, at the time and still today, uh, is a supplier of plastic containers to multiple industries. Uh, so I did that for a while. And then really the first, um, I guess, key decision of me getting closer to the industry or kind of drawing me into the industry was I decided to go into sales. Now, at the time, if you had asked me uh, about sales, I would have probably laughed and said, sales, why would I ever go into sales? I know nothing about it. But I learned, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I think if people took a bet uh, on me coming out of school, if I would ever go into that field, they would have said zero chance. Um, but I learned from others and I learned from, you know, the internal operations. I was learning the internal operations of manufacturing that I knew what was happening out, outside, out in the market. And I really am I'm one of these people that have an uh, insatiable desire to learn and keep learning and, and improving. And I uh, decided to take, take that plunge into sales, um, again, because I really wanted to learn what was happening in the markets. So that was really the first step that got me closer to markets. Now, at the time, I was a salesperson covering a territory in, in different markets, uh, the dairy market, the beverage market. 
And Rarig had at the time was only um, making the little the recycle bins, the curbside recycle bins. But at that about that same time when I joined sales, Rarig entered in the rollout cart market. And when that happened, the company decided to have a dedicated sales force by industry. So I had to make another decision, and this is the decision that got me into the industry, essentially. This is around 90, 1993 or so. Okay. I graduated Cal in 90, did engineering uh, for three or four, three years or so. And uh, that's when I started in sales. And from there, in, in the solid waste and recycling market, that was when Rarick started in, in rollout carts. And uh, from there, I, uh, I spent a little over 25 years at Rarig, um, you know, moved into management. Uh, and probably the last dozen years, I led um, the business group or was re- responsible for uh, that business across North America. So that part of it became a pivotal piece in my history, too, in that uh, that's when I learned the market across the country, across North America. Um, you know, as a lot of us do, we travel a lot. And I love learning what was happening across the country in the solid waste and recycling market. Um, so over that time, I, I could say that uh, I was very proud of what what the team accomplished. By the way, I give all the credit to the team. Um, but we went from entering the rollout car market to becoming the largest in that span. Um, and so it was, it was a, you know, wonderful time there. Um, you know, along the way, other things happened. I uh, went back and got my MBA at UCLA, uh, while I was working full time. I started a family. Today we have, uh, three teenage daughters. So that, that's always fun. (laughs) But a wonderful, wonderful kid, wonderful. Uh, my wife Liz, she's wonderful, wonderful family. Um, and I also, during that time, got involved. I knew at a certain point I decided I want to get more involved and give back to the industry. So uh, probably for the last 10, 12 years as well uh, of my time there, I um, got involved with NWRA, where I'm still involved, EREF, and some other organizations. Uh, Garbage Men's Invitational is another event out here in the West. Um, so when my uh, time ended at Rarig, and that was 2015, uh, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I never, kind of like I thought I'd never go into sales, I never thought I would start a company, um, but it happened. And in late 2016, I started um, Sierra Container Group. And uh, with a wonderful team, uh, we're, we're on that journey right now. Oh, good for you. Wow, what a journey. I'm pretty amazing that you were able to stay somewhere so long and, and take those lessons and then go ahead and, and start something fresh. This is that's fantastic. Yeah, it, it it really was. I mean, like I said, I think you know, life is about uh um I, I, I have one phrase, I say spending quality time with quality people, but I, I'm big, as I mentioned before, on on learning and and uh to me that's really where I found out that it was all about people. Um, I don't care what business you're in, what you do. It's all about people and, and being around, um, you know, good people. That's great. And I know that your team really admires you and, and has said that you basically built 
Sierra backwards, but in a good way. So it sounds like you were very generous with them and smart about the business model that you created. Could you share how you approached Sierra differently when you started it? Well, sure. Um, it is different. Um, so I guess going back when I started it, uh, again, I didn't think I would start a company. Um, but, and I, I need to mention this, that probably the biggest reason I started it was because of the support of people in the industry. And there's, there's too many names for me to, to mention here or thank, but, um, so many people um, were supportive and, and frankly, uh, inspiring me or giving me the confidence to start Sierra. Um, so, uh, so I did. And, yeah, we have a different approach in, in several ways. Uh, again, at the core of it, I'll go back to people and, and the Sierra team. Um, it all happens because of them, first of all. Um, the, the team, um, all has skin in the game. We're a small group, but we're a a group that has certain core values that we will never stray away from. But going back to the part of having skin in the game, what that really does, and this is part of the reason why we're unique, kind of have that owner operator mentality. Uh Uh-huh which, you know, is very similar to a lot of the industry. Um, A lot of the hauling companies, whether they're an independent or people at larger companies, there was a good chance at a time they they started a company or they were owner-operators. So we have kind of that same mindset. Um, And what it also does, Liz, is um, it gives you that, um, well, just ingrained, it gives you that consistency I mean, this is this is our lives uh, on the career side. This is our lives here at Container. Um, but everyone's a decision maker um, because uh, they are a part owner. Um, so that I, I go to that as kind of the core. Um, but we do some other things different, um, and I don't want to bore you with too many details on that. But one thing that we do is. Um, we own our own product and molds, um, but we actually source out the manufacturing. And uh, that, that model has, has worked very well for us. It's essentially taking some capacity out there um, across the country, ge- you know, strategically in geographical areas, and utilizing some of that capacity. So um, a big part of Sierra is partnerships. And uh, our manufacturing partners are are key to our business as well. Oh, well, that sounds like a great way to do it. That was very smart. As you know, a corporate culture can make or break a business. And you seem to be on the right track with putting people first. And I'm just wondering, how do you encourage and maintain such a positive culture there? Yes, um, I... That's, that's a good question and, and so relevant. Um, to me, culture and people, they kind of go hand in hand, is everything. Um, I'm someone that um, believes in many things with people. Um, first of all, I, I always like to talk about our, our, our core values. Um, you know, we have, I, I, it's all about qualities of a person, in my opinion. Things like experience and skills, you know, those are important too, but 
uh, I believe those can always be developed. But I'm looking for the core values. And, and our company core values are qualities like integrity, uh, humility, transparency, uh, work ethics important. Um, you know, the one actually I like of those is humility. I, 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 I'm a believer that many times, whether it's just an individual or a company, egos get in the way. Yes. Um, so those core values are something that we think about every day um, at Sierra and what I think about every day. Um, but I, I, it's hard to explain why I have always thought this. Maybe it's my parents, uh, my mom, I, you know, I'm not sure why, but I've always believed in trying to make everyone better around myself. Um, I've always been one that I want everyone on my team to be better than I am. So I, I just, I, I'm someone that will always have, um, someone's back. Uh, now that doesn't mean that we won't disagree or there's sometimes decisions to be made. Um, but I always believe in having someone's back. I think that confidence or belief, um, empowerment, you know, I'm big on servant leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know what it was called years ago. Um, but I've always believed in, in, in those qualities and, and having people's back. Another way I, I sometimes put it is um, one of maybe my key objective as, as a leader of a team is creating the, the environment for people to be successful. And that entails a lot of things, but um, that, that is what I strive for. Because as you go through your career, um, you're, you're, do, you're doing less frontline activity, although I will say <laughs> as, a, as a startup company, um, we're further along now that you wear many hats, so you do do a lot of things. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it becomes more and more about decision making and, and, and cultivating that culture and, and believing in people. So um, yeah, I've, I've, I guess I've always had that ingrained in, in me, but through the experiences, it's, I guess, blossomed. That's great. What a great way to run a company. And you're also known for putting the, the customer first. How has that helped you build this business? Well, let's face it. It's, it's all about the customer. Um, I mean, when, when you look externally, um, but frankly, I, I kind of like to look at customers as, as internal as well. I mean, I always think, I should say people's always first. Um, to me, and, I, and this is what I learned back in the early 90s, that um, I wanted, I had that craving to want to learn about the customer's business and the people that ran them, ran those businesses and, and how they ran the business, how they made decisions, what were their challenges. Um, so I think to me, it's, it's about learning about the customer because once you do that, and I think this is a pretty common notion, but I don't know if everyone does it. Uh, I know we practice it, that you, you need to learn about the customer to really serve them and help them with their business. Um, so I, I, guess, I guess it kind of goes back to that, that same mentality of, of um, helping and, and learning and then applying. Right, right. Great point. 
So I see that you guys offer a, a kitchen container to help remove organics from the waste stream. Is that becoming a, a growing part of your business, organics? Well, I, I think um, people in the industry like yourself know that organics is on, you know, kind of part of the new frontier, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we at Sierra, uh, we... As a fairly young company, we're still a little under three years old, are still sticking to some of our, our core um, offerings, if you will. Mm-hmm. So that's mainly the, the rollout carts, the different sizes of rollout carts. Uh, now, we, we plan to, to branch out uh, as we go along. Uh, but going, going on the topic of organics, uh, yeah, like I said, that, that's, a, that's a new frontier. Um, I think... What this industry does, and does it well, it takes a little time, but does it well, is figure out these new frontiers. A lot of times, um, whether it's a, a new stream, a stream that that people want diverted, a lot of times that's done politically, uh-huh. and the industry has to figure it out. Uh, I, I'm a big believer that you always have to start with the, the infrastructure, and I think that's what the industry is going through with organics. What's the best infrastructure to handle and process uh, that material? I think, you know, the industry tries to uh, create or um, pull out as much value out of, the, out of these streams. Uh-huh. And again, it starts with that infrastructure. Um, so I think that's what the industry is doing. And like I said, this, this industry... Uh, which I love and a lot of people love, has so many good people um, that uh, it's being figured out. And, and, and it also has to be figured out economically. Right. Uh, so that's that balance of, of doing what's good for our community's environment, and, but it has to make sense economically. Absolutely. And to that point, are you seeing, um, specifically with, with your containers, are, are you changing them to accommodate the the future of, you know, the waste stream of the future? Well, we, you know, <laughs> good question. Uh, rollout carts <clears throat> have been around a while. And yes, there are tweaks, modifications mm-hmm. that are being made um, for the carts. Uh, I will tell you, though, that uh, in the world of carts, and I've, I've been doing this for a little while, uh, I've seen a lot of the history of, the, of, of rollout carts and containers. And um, I'm kind of going a little off the, the, the question here, but this is really what I see in the market now. Um, making a rollout cart, I always say it comes down to three, uh, or a container, but I'll, I'll use rollout carts since that's what we mainly do comes down to three ingredients, comes down to the design, comes down to the actual processing, making it, and it comes down to the material. And I always say they're all important. So the first two, design and processing, they're important. You need to have a good design. You need to know how to process and make the product. Uh, But frankly there's not a huge difference between the designs. Now there are tweaks and modifications made to make it 
better and durable. And uh, like you said, uh, maybe for uh, um, a new part of the business. Um, but for the most part, because they have to work with the equipment, their the designs are fairly similar. Okay. Process the same way. Most people know by now how to make, make a cart. I always tell people it comes down to the material. And I've been talking about this a lot lately. Uh, the material, and, and we live in a world, in the rollout cart world, um, there's high expectations. Uh, most, peop- most companies expect that container to last 10 plus years. And for anyone that's seen containers picked up by automated mar- arms, etc., cetera, um, it's pretty rigorous. So going back to the material, that's what, in my opinion, that's the decision point for a manufacturer. And what I'm seeing right now, we're kind of at a critical point in rollout carts in that uh, there's pricing pressure uh, down on, on rollout carts. A lot of that has to do with the amount of capacity in the industry. And uh, so that means that companies are looking ways to cut costs. So I always say, again, it's not rocket science of the cost structure and how to make a cart. Um, so what we're seeing in the market today is um, people trying to be competitive, putting in different materials. Uh, and I actually think um, just covering, you know, looking across the country, across North America, I think there's an escalation in, in failures. So the question then becomes, okay, uh, is that a good path to go? I firmly believe that... Um, we, we've got to stick to quality. Um, I mentioned customer service or the customer first, and a big part of that is quality. Uh, I would estimate now that um, you know millions and millions of these are supplied every year. There's probably you know over 100 million in the field right now, maybe close to 150 million. Um, and we're seeing this escalation of failure. <clears throat> so I think the question for the user is... What does that mean? What does that mean to my business? Whether it's their customer service, uh, safety, et cetera. But what I have seen is companies are now spending probably half the amount of money on dealing with failed containers um, than what they spend on new containers. So I'm just trying to bring some awareness to this. Um, and that's where... You know, going back to what you asked about Sierra, that's where we're very um, diligent about how we make our carts uh, and the quality and the material that goes goes into it. That's great. And so the industry is becoming more data-driven, or at least it seems. I think so. And, and what are you seeing on your end? Yes. Uh, I think that we have seen this for, for many years, uh, I think that at the core of it, I mean, this is always an interesting topic with people that have been in the business for a long time compared to the, the, the newer people in the business. I mean, at the core of it, it's taking care of your customers. It's, it's collecting, transporting, processing, disposing, um, and, and pulling out any value out of those streams. That, that's the core of it. Uh-huh. But yes, there are ways whether it's you know, a back office system 
whether it's a system that provides better customer service, you know, with software and technology, obviously automation uh, is, has been happening for a while. I think the biggest factor there is safety. Uh, that um, we need to, to be a, a safer industry, and automation helps that. that. Um, I think what you see on the trucks, you're just seeing more and more technology. And, and to be honest, what, what I think normally happens, um, well, at least I think what happens in this industry, I, I haven't been in a lot of industries, uh, <laughs> is that there is this desire for technology, um, and then we probably, and a lot of times, and I think this has happened, the pendulum kind of swings too far and we realize, well, maybe we don't need that much technology. So I think the industry is figuring out, yes, technology helps in a lot of ways, but let's not lose sight of the, of the core business right. and the, the service we provide to our communities and keeping everyone safe on the streets uh, that I think it's that blend, and, and that, I think that's what the industry is doing. I think so too. I think you're right, and I think it's deriving value from all of the data and not, you know, falling victim to the shiny object syndrome. It's okay. What data do you have? What value can you derive from it? And then, to your point, using technology um, to make the industry safer um, and automate where it makes the most sense. So that yeah, I mean. The- you know, the trucks now with telematics, they can pull off many, many data points or signals. Uh, so just a matter of what are you trying to accomplish? What of that information is helpful in your, in your servicing the customers, keeping people safe? Right. Agree. So, Mike, what else should we be paying attention to in the world of waste recycling and organics? Well, I, I think we all know the, the hot topics, uh, the recycling uh, world. Uh, everyone is obviously tuned into. Uh, and I think it's, I think we're on the right path. I think that we will figure out over time, it's going to take a little time that I go back to that infrastructure, the right infrastructure. Uh, to handle um, the recyclables that do have value. I think companies are, and really the whole industry is trying to educate uh, whether it's, it's their customers and municipalities or you know, local government counties and the actual end customer about recycling. So uh, the industry is going to keep... Uh, and let's, let's face it, this has happened multiple times, uh, in, 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 in the, even in the world of recycling. So we will figure it out. I think it's a edu- blend of an education with the end customer, uh, the, municipi- the local governments, uh, and then developing, whether it's technology or that infrastructure, uh, to find the point where we can still provide that service and deliver value. You know, one thing I wanted to mention that, I think it's important I'm involved with some of the, the organizations and, and I can tell you that uh, on NWRA I'm, I'm fortunate enough to um, sit on the board of trustees and, and be the um, 
supplier board of governors chair. And, and a lot of what we do is um, advocacy. And, and we all know this is a local business. And, and a lot of what we do is trying to help our industry and, and all, our, uh, all the players uh, out there with key issues, um, whether it's safety or, let's face it, recycling is a big one right now. So I think uh, this, this, this industry is a unique one, I believe, in that even though we compete, when I say we, I'm talking about the, the hauling operations uh, companies, um, we also, there's certain areas that we band together and, and unify, um, uh, you know, to make, to make our lives safer to, to deliver that value to the customer. Uh, and I think recycling is one of that, one of those. Um, so I, I, I expect us to, I'm getting a little off topic of your, on your question. Oh, no, that's great. I expect us to, uh, as a industry to continue on that path and, and figure that out. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great path to be on and definitely, um, you're seeing results with it. So that's great. Now, what advice would you give to young professionals entering this industry or perhaps even someone who's entering um, as sort of their second career? I would say that, and I, I, I'll, I guess I'll reiterate some of the earlier points, that it's all about that learning and, and, and people. And that's where it all happens. You learn from other people. So if I was new into this industry, I would try to soak in as much as I, I could. Uh, in general, people are generous uh, with, with their time and their knowledge. Um, and, and I would just, I would soak that in. I would obviously learn the skills in the market. Um, but again, I go back to that, um, that ability to work with people uh, to listen, to um, digest. I, I, my team will kind of jokes about this with me. I call it multiple data points. Um, the person that can soak it in, pull in multiple data points, and, and make good decisions, um, uh, I think, um, would provide success. But again, I go back to the people. Um, being part and collaborating, and if you're ever in a position... Uh, a leadership role, um, having that mentality, that servant leadership mentality. Definitely. That's great advice. So what's next for Sierra? You've had some impressive growth in a few short years. We are continuing to grow. Uh, we plan on growing. Uh, we have a plan in place to grow. Now, there will be a time when uh, we'll probably hit pause and and take a look and see where we're at uh, but I, I think a big part of that and this is what a lot of companies probably um, kind of uh, grapple with is is at what point does the company change you know does that culture change because I can tell you that we're we're going to keep our culture we're going to keep our core values um, I'm very, very blessed to be surrounded by a great team. 
Um, again, just wonderful people. Put aside the business, just wonderful people. Um, so I will, I will also say that uh, when we started, that was a scary time. <laughs> I got um, Anybody that started uh, anything, including a company, and when you start with zero revenue, that, that's a little scary. <laughs> uh, but I'm a big believer, again, that if you, if you have a team of people that have those qualities, good, good chance that um, you'll, you'll have some success uh, just, just based on that. So, yeah, we look to grow still. Uh, our core is still the, uh, the containers, the rollout carts. But we'll look to expand maybe in some other areas uh, when the timing's right. Um, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. That's fantastic. Good for you. And what keeps you busy outside of work? I, my family, I would say number one. Oh, that's great. I have, uh, like I said, a wonderful family. My three daughters range from, they just went back to school. So I went, uh, they range from a senior in high school and I have identical twins that just started eighth grade. Wow. <clears throat> so for someone, and I think other people can relate to this, for someone that travels quite a bit, uh, when I'm home, I really try to spend time with my family uh, and, and, and their activities. Uh, other than that, I'm, I'm a sports guy. I played sports, not into college, but up to then and still enjoy that. I think, I think as, as you get older, uh, those sports transition from, you know, basketball and baseball to sports like bocce, you know, where, <laughs> yes. you, where you can have a drink while you're playing. I would say that. <laughs> part of the sport now for me uh so yeah i enjoy following uh sports uh other than that um a craft beer person um oh, nice I'm not, I'm not too discriminatory on other drinks but uh uh i just love what's happening in the craft beer world here in the last five ten years so um i'm actually uh at my local club i'm i'm chair of the, the craft beer committee <laughs> kind of, that sounds uh, like a great position to me <laughs> uh, never never thought they'd have that I'm sure but <laughs> That's uh, we're doing it so yeah that that, that occupies uh, uh, most of my time especially my family I bet and then I have to ask is it true that you're the flip cup champion of the world I mean, oh boy where did that <laughs> I can't really reveal my sources on that one. <laughs> Oh, I, I, boy, I'm not sure what, how to comment on this. <laughs> hey, it's impressive. So. <laughs> uh, I will say that I did retire. I'll, I'll claim that for now. Now, I will also say that many people try to get me out of retirement and have not been successful. So I guess it's a challenge for those there out there go. listening. <laughs> they might take you up on that. <laughs> so how can listeners hear more from you and, and more from Sierra? Yeah, we uh, recently, we, we didn't do this at the beginning, but yeah, recently we've been posting more. The team felt it was good to uh, get our name out and, and let people know what's happening in our world. So yeah, we're on, we're on all the, uh, we're on Instagram and, and Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. Um, so we, we're, we're trying that now. I, I, I think it's a good thing. I'll be honest, even though I'm from the Silicon Valley, I'm my team will joke about about this that I'm not the most 
versed in social media, but uh, I've got a team that helps me out with that. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, this has been great, Mike. Thanks so much for talking with me today. I'd love that you are such a lifelong learner and um, curious and, and it really keeps you moving forward and, and um, the way you, that you keep people at the core of everything that you do. It's, that's awesome. I applaud you for that. Well, thank you, Liz. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I'm. I uh, one other note. I just want to mention that maybe I didn't was at our core. Also, is giving back to the industry. Uh, eventually, we'll get to the point where we can give back to communities or help our customers with communities. But um, I'm a strong believer. For uh, I have a phrase uh, for the good of the industry. Strong believer in that. So uh, um, I'm just blessed to be part of of this um, community, if you will. Of, of great people in this industry. So oh. thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for spending time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Liz. Okay, thanks. Talk soon and, and good luck with everything. All right, you too.